Uh, I want to welcome you. My name is Adam. I'm the lead pastor here at Element Church. So we are jumping into week three uh, of our series in the Gospel of John. But before we kind of dive into the text this morning, uh, has anybody ever had to serve as a witness in court before? Anybody? A couple? All right. Anybody ever served on a jury? Okay, so I've never been a witness uh, in a trial, but I've served on several juries. And um, something about, uh, you know, Colorado, I never got a jury summons when I lived in Oklahoma. But um, I've, I've gotten quite a few since living in Colorado, even more than I'm supposed to. I've actually gotten some, like I'll serve on a jury and then like three months later get another one and have to call and be like, I just served. And they're like, oh, sorry. And, you know, we'll, we'll randomly draw your name in 12 months then. So, so I don't know what it is about Colorado, but I get drawn all the time. And since being in Colorado, I have yet to not serve on a jury when I've been summoned. I don't know what it is about me. And I honestly, the first time I went, I thought like me being a pastor, I I just assume they're going to kick me off right away. Like we don't want you and whatever beliefs you bring with you. And so the very first time I got chosen to be on a jury, um, I was the first name called. And so I was juror number one. And then juror number two was a lawyer. And so we were talking as we're sitting in the jury box and they're getting ready and doing their questioning, you know, to decide who they want on. And we were laughing. We're like, okay. As soon as he hears what the two of us do, we're gone. And sure enough, we both got selected. And so we stayed all day and served on a jury. Um, And so I I don't know what it is um, about me, but I get selected all the time. And I kind of like it. The last time I was on a jury, of course, I was the third name called that time, uh, sat in the box. We went through the questioning. I was a part of the chosen one. And so the judge asked us, he said, not that any of you have a choice now, but I am kind of curious who actually wants to be here? And I was like, the only one who raised my hand. I think it's kind of fun. I enjoy it. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to do like a two month trial. Just one day is good. Um, but, but I kind of enjoy it. Now I've never been summoned to be a witness in a trial. Uh, a few months ago, my wife, Elena got that summons to be a witness, uh, in a trial. And so she was backing out of our driveway one day and somebody was leaving Uh, a neighbor's house, not a person who lives there, but just a friend or family member was leaving one of our neighbor's house, um, was kind of backing up a little dramatically, uh, rammed into our next door neighbor's car that was parked on the street. He got out, said some choice words, got back in and drove off. And so Elena being quick thinking, caught his uh, license plate number and called our next door neighbor and said, hey, they just hit your car. This is their driver's license or uh, whatever tag number. And, uh, and, and so the neighbors walked out and walked over to the house where this individual had just come from and said, I'm calling the police. You might want to call him and tell him to come back. And so they did. And so the police came out and this guy eventually came back and was cited for a lot of things and kind of start getting the picture when there's expired tags and no insurance and suspended licenses and all that stuff. And so um, because Elena was the one who witnessed uh, this whole event, she got summoned to be the chief witness in the trial. Now, fortunately, uh, right on the day of, the guy finally decided to settle, and so she didn't have to go to court and, and go through that whole process. But but some of you have had to go through that process before. And when you get a summons to appear as a witness in a court, uh, it means that you have special information. 
It means that you have a particularly valuable understanding of a situation or a circumstance uh, that others need to know about. That's what a witness does. They testify to something that they know and something that they've seen. And part of our lives as Christians are to be witnesses or testimonies to what we know and to what we have seen. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But what we're going to do is we're going to begin by jumping in to John chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, I'd encourage you to open them up. You can use one of our Bibles that we provided in some of the seats around you. Um, Some of the scriptures today will be on the screen to help you out. Feel free to open up your phone or your tablet if you want to open up the Bible app, if that makes it easier for you as well. If you don't own a Bible or you don't like the one you do own, I'd encourage you to take one of our Bibles that are in these seats home with you today as our gift today. And even still we'll still give you a mother's day gift even if you take one of our bibles so um so uh let's jump into john chapter one now here's what i want you to do before you start reading because some of you are type a i'm going to get caught up i'm going to read ahead i'm going to know what he's going to say before he says it so here's what i want you to do i want everybody to participate with me by closing your eyes can you do it now some of you are so uncomfortable right now just relax Okay, no one's pickpocketing you. Okay, there's no cameras. I just want you to listen as we start the opening to the Gospel of John. And it's poetic, bringing in this introduction about Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Okay, so you can open your eyes now. Now, some of you, maybe because you're cheaters and you already read ahead, um, or maybe it's because you're not cheaters, you're super spiritual, and you took our challenge that we gave to the whole church to read through the Gospel of John as we're preaching through it, um, recognize that something was missing in what I just quoted. Um, Now, here's what's interesting. We just read or quoted from verses 1 through 5 and then verse 9. I skipped verses 6, 7, and 8. Now, the reason I did that is because I want to highlight something that's a little bit unusual. We actually skipped verses 6, 7, and 8 last week, and I promised you that we'd come back and do them this week, and we are, and that's going to be our focus today. Uh, and, but, but I want you to just think about what you heard. Now, if you already know verses 6, 7, and 8, you knew maybe something was missing. But if you didn't, uh, maybe you didn't even recognize that we had skipped three verses. Verse 5 says, In him was life, and the life was the lightness, was the, excuse me, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. And then verse 9 says, The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. Those seem to fit together, verses 5 and 9. They seem to build on this poetic introduction that John has given us about this logos, this eternal word, which we understand to be Jesus, as he's going to paint that picture for us uh, a few verses later. But that makes sense. We're continuing this discussion about Jesus and building a fuller, Uh, and more clear picture of who he is but verses six seven and eight seem to be a bit of an interruption 
And so let's look at verses 6, 7, and 8 together. Verse 6 begins with, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Now, if you're in one of my classes and you write a paper and you write a paper on an individual and five sentences into the opening of your paper, if you decide to quit talking about this individual and switch to someone else, I'm probably going to count off on your introduction for that because because generally you don't want to do that when you're introducing the main character of your entire book, when you're trying to begin building a case that John is going to build, uh, when when the whole book is built around the purpose of people coming to a proper understanding and knowledge of who Jesus is. Why five sentences in do you stop and introduce someone else? Only for three sentences later to move on, leave that guy behind and go back to talking about Jesus in this poetic fashion. fashion. Why Why would John, the author here, do this? It seems strange. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to make some observations about these three verses. We're going to talk just a little bit about it for a few minutes. And then we're going to talk about why maybe John took the time to do exactly what he did here by making this what seems to be an interruption, but maybe we'll get a better picture of what it is that John's trying to communicate. So let me do this. Let me read verses 1 through 9 all together, this time without skipping verses 6, 7, and 8. And then we'll take a look at, closer look at those three verses this morning. It says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. So let's look at those verses 6, 7, and 8 together. Verse 6, there was a man sent from God. Now that seems like an obvious statement. Seems like a basic introduction. But it's actually a pretty stark contrast to what John has been talking about. If you were here a couple weeks ago, we spent all of our time on the opening three verses of, of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we talked a lot about why John used this term, Word. Why does he refer to Jesus in this term? Uh, what we translate here as word, probably in your Bible, has a capital W with it, is from the Greek term logos, which carries a lot of historical and cultural significance. There's a good reason why John chose that, and we're not going to rehash it today um, because we've already taught on that. But, but here's what John has just done. He's just drawn for us a stark contrast between the eternal logos, the eternal word, who is the creator of all, the light to all, and the life for all, versus this man. 
the eternal Logos, who is creator of all, light to all, life for all, in contrast to the man, to this man. So clearly, John wants to make sure for his readers that, he, that we understand who we're talking about and his relation in comparison to this Logos, to this word that we've talked so much about that we eventually get the picture and, and John builds this complete uh, story to understand that in the end, this Logos, this word, is Jesus himself. So there was a man sent from God. Not only are we talking about a different character, we're talking about a different kind of character now. Whose name was John. Now, here's where things can get a bit confusing if they haven't already gotten confusing so far. This John that we're referencing in these verses, um, almost all the time when we talk about him, we talk about him and give him this title, John the Baptist. That's what most of us, especially if you've been in church for a while, know him as. That's our familiar term for him. John the Baptist. Now, the author, John, is not the same person as John the Baptist. So why, why is that title not given? Because in all the other Gospels, in Matthew and Mark and Luke, he's always referred to as John the Baptist. So why not here? Well, a, probably because from the author's perspective, whose name is also John, he doesn't feel the need to draw the distinction. Because, because John the author never references himself in the third person in this book. So for John the author, there's only one John talked about in the text, and that's John the Baptist. All the other gospel writers have to make a distinction because they have several characters named John in their gospels, and they have to distinguish between who is who. And so it can be a little confusing, but here's what you can know. Anytime you read the name John, in the Gospel of John, we're talking about John the Baptist, or probably, as the author would prefer us to call him, John the Witness, because that's really the case that he builds in his text. So I'm going to do my best when I talk about these two individuals to either say John the author, or we also at times call him John the Evangelist, okay? Uh, just, just, it's just what they in the scholarly world refer to him as to make a distinction. Um, but most of the time, I'm going to try to remember to say John the author or John the Baptist, even though that's not in the text, just to make that distinction clear. But if you ever get confused, just know anytime you see the name John, it's not referring to the author because he never talks about himself in third person. So he doesn't feel the need to draw this distinction. Like for him, it's obvious who he's talking about when he uses the, this third-person name. All right, so uh, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. We know him as John the Baptist, and it won't be for a couple more weeks when we really talk about why in the world do we call him John the Baptist. We'll talk about that in a few weeks. Verse 7, he came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He came to bear witness. Um, just like witness is somewhat of a legal term for us in our culture, it was no different in the Greek culture. The Greek word used here is almost exclusively reserved um, for literature that deals with law and courts. 
in, in ancient Greek. This is a courtroom terminology term. Uh, this comes from the Greek terminology for, court, for courtroom environments. And so the idea of what we think of as a courtroom witness applies here as well. And what is a witness? It's not some random person pulled off the street who was told what to believe. It's not someone who, who is unsure, who heard from a person, who heard from a person, who heard from a person what happened. A witness is somebody who has information and knowledge and experience and that knowledge and information and experience needs to be shared. That's the picture that's being painted here. That John came as a witness. He came to testify about things that he knew and things that he saw. He came to bear witness about the light. So John, is the author, is now making a connection for us to these earlier verses about Jesus. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. And John came to bear witness about the light. He came to give a testimony about what he knew and what he had seen so that others could hear, so that others could know the truth, so that others could start to have those same experiences, be a part of that same information, just as a witness testifies in court to bring everybody up to speed so that all the jurors know exactly what took place. John came to bear witness, to give a testimony to the light that all might believe through him. Why did he do it? When you go and you testify or you're a witness in court, you do it because you got a piece of paper that says you have to do it. But John, John did it. John bore witness. John gave his testimony because he wanted others to believe. Because he wanted others to believe through him, him being Jesus. Do you remember the author's stated purpose of the book in John 20, verses 30 and 31? Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Now it starts to make sense why John, the author, chose to include this story about John the Baptist, because they share the one and same purpose. The author is writing so that others might know and believe in Jesus so that they might know who he was and what he's done, so that others might know what has been heard and seen and they can believe. John the Baptist is giving his testimony so others can know and believe. In verse 8, he was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Now, on some level, this may seem a bit obvious. Yeah, we probably got that author. We get it. John's not the light. Came to bear witness about the light. Jesus is the light. Seems a little redundant. But, there, but John the Baptist was very popular. He had a lot of followers. Enough that not only did the religious people hate him, but even Roman officials hated him. 
And his popularity and his refusal to back down from his mission to be a witness ended up costing him his life. And he was eventually beheaded for his ministry. There were a lot of people who liked John, a lot of people who followed John the Baptist. And I think John the author here is trying to speak to the remnant of people who still follow John. There's a story in Acts chapter 19. The book of Acts is kind of like the opening history book of, of the beginning of the church. After Jesus leaves and he entrusts his mission uh, to, to the disciples and they begin to build his church, um, Acts is kind of a history book recording those early days. And in Acts chapter 19, uh, we get a picture of some people who are still devoted to John. And it said this, And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, uh, that's in the ancient city-state of Greece, uh, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus, which is in modern-day Turkey. There he found some disciples, and he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, Into what then were you baptized? And they said, Into John's baptism. Part of John's ministry was to baptize people as they came to a place to believe and repent and to turn back to God. So here you have a group of men, uh, or, and women possibly, uh, decades later, three, four, five decades later, still adhering to John's teaching. And so uh, if we jump on to verse 4, and Paul said, John bapti- baptized with a baptism of repentance, telling people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so even at this time that John the author is writing, there are still those who adhere to John the, the Baptist's teaching. And I think John the author is trying to make a clear distinction. It's good to follow him until you see the light. John came to bear witness about the light, but he was not the light. And so once you realize that there's a greater source of light, the author here wants us to turn our attention to that greater source. So we've kind of looked at these three verses. Why why did John the author include them? What do we know about John the Baptist? Well, we know that he was a good friend of Jesus, a man that Jesus had a great love and respect for. Just after John the Baptist was beheaded, Jesus said, no greater man has ever lived but him. I mean, if you make it into the Bible, you want that one said about you. Here's something that Jesus says about John the Baptist. A few chapters later in this book, John chapter 5. Beginning in verse 35, it says this, talking about the Baptist. This is Jesus's words. He was a burning and shining lamp. And you are willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But the testimony that I have is greater than that of John. For the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I am doing, bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. 
His voice you have never heard, His form you have never seen, and you do not have His word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom He has sent. You search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me, yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. uh, Jesus has just built a picture about the fact that everyone has continually refused to acknowledge the light. He says, John was like a burning and a shining lamp, and you thought it was great, but you never realized that he was bearing witness about me, the real light. He says, my Father in heaven, he bears witness about me, but you won't listen to him. Here at the end, he says, the scriptures, you read them because you think that something magical happens out of them. Uh, That by reading them, you get special place in God's sight that maybe it makes you more holy by just reading the words. And he says, but you've missed it. The scriptures are a witness to me. They're a witness. They give a testimony about me. But you've ignored me. Really, the scriptures are pointing you to the greater light. What does the Bible say? Your word is a lamp unto my feet. but pointing to the greater light. The Bible points us to Jesus. John pointed people to Jesus. And I think from the beginning, the author, John, wants to make a clear distinction. He wants us to see the light. He wants our attention and our focus to be on the light. that all of us wouldn't miss what matters most. Because it's easy to find a personality that we like to listen to or follow. It's easy to find a a book or a section of Scripture that we like to read. It's easy to get in religious routines and habits and in the end miss Jesus, who all of them are supposed to be pointing to. So whenever you use a lighter... There's not much question um, about the light. It's easy to see. It sticks out. But in reality, a, a lighter can be temporary. But usually when we want to utilize light for a long period of time, we don't we don't light lighters and and hold them we use candles we use candles to display the light i think john the author introduces us to john the baptist for a couple reasons one The author doesn't want there to be any confusion about who is the light. The light isn't a person. The light isn't a message. Excuse me, the light isn't a man. The light isn't a message. The light isn't the Bible. The light is Jesus. He doesn't want there to be any confusion. 
But I also believe that John the author included the discussion of John the Baptist because he wants to communicate to us the important role of a witness, of a testimony. Because just like Jesus would later say about John the Baptist, he was a burning and shining lamp. And what do we know about candles? What do we know about lamps? candle doesn't have light in and of themselves they don't fight against darkness but what they do have the ability to do is to bear the light they have the ability to shine the light they have ability to share the light John was a, in Jesus' own own words, a burning and shining lamp. But he wasn't the light. He was just the vehicle for the light to shine to others. John wasn't the light. He came to bear witness about the light. Jesus is the light. In him was life, and the light was the light of men. Jesus is the light. We're called to be witnesses, to bear witness, to give testimony to the light. To shine the light, to share the light, but in the end, understanding that we're not the light. Doesn't matter how many candles you have. If there's no flame, they make no impact. But when exposed to the true light, now they become a powerful tool. They open our eyes to see things we couldn't see before. They bring comfort in darkness. Brings warmth when we need it. And can be shared. That's what a lamp does. That's what a witness does. When you bear testimony, that's what you do. You share. And in God's sovereignty, He's chosen to use men and women to be His testimonies and to be His lamps to, sh- to spread His light. John the Baptist was just one of many. The entire Old Testament is filled of men and women of faith who shared both with their lives and with their mouths. It's full of prophets, men who came to speak on behalf of God. John the Baptist was a great light. The apostles and disciples were light. The early Christians were light as they shared their their newfound hope and life with others. You and I are called to be lamps, to be candles, to share the true light with others. We are not the light. I have no power. You have no power. Even all of us together, without the light, there's nothing we can do. But when we begin sharing the light, now together we become a powerful force. 
illuminating darkness, bringing warmth and comfort and security, and having the opportunity to share it with others. This is to be us. Just like John, we're to bear witness about the light. That's our role. Understanding who the true light is, understanding His role in our life, and understanding the purpose of our life. That just like John the author wrote, why he wrote, just like why John the Baptist shared, our lives are meant to point others to Jesus so they may believe that He is the Christ, the Son of God, so that they may know that by believing in Him, they may have life in His name. Will you pray with me? Jesus, I thank You for our time together this morning. Lord, would You speak to each one of us in this moment, in this place? Would You open our eyes to who You are and to the work that You're doing around us and the work that You want to do in us? I want you to keep your eyes closed for a minute, if you will. I want you to just think about your own life right now. And in your mind, as you picture a candle, are you the candle that's been lit or one that hasn't? Have you experienced the life of Jesus that He promises to those who believe in Him? As John the author said, in Him was life and the life was the light. If, you, if that life is in you, then that light is in you. John the Baptist gave witness. John the author wrote both for the same purpose that others may believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing we may have life in His name. So do you believe that Jesus is the Christ? He's the sent one. He's the anointed one. He came to do what we couldn't do on our own. He came to fulfill God's promise, that He came to be the solution for the sin problem that all of us deal with. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? That not only did He come to do these things, but He came with the power and authority to be able to accomplish them. Because if you believe that, And if you confess that to be true, then the life and the light is in you. If you don't today, what's holding you back? Is it intellectual? You're having a hard time wrapping your mind around some concepts about Jesus or the Bible or God Himself. 
then are you willing to seek the answers to those questions? Are you willing to do the investigative work? Maybe the issue isn't intellectual for you. Maybe it's a heart issue. You're just not ready to give control of your life over. Because you know that as soon as you make Jesus God in your life, you can't be God in your life. Jesus wants to come in and not just give you life, but give you abundant life, eternal life, true life. Will you let him do it? Will you believe in who he is and what he's done? And if you do believe that and you have the life and the light in you, are you sharing the light? Could Jesus say of you, he she is a burning and shining lamp. Could it be written of you one day that your life's mission was to bear witness about the light that all may believe through Him? Are you committed to letting your light, the light that Christ shines in you, be open and available to others and are you willing to share it with others so that others can experience it too? Jesus, thank you for who you are and what you've done in our lives. And God, would you continue to move? Would you challenge each of us this morning? Would you help each of us to be a bright, shining, a burning lamp for you. That in your infinite wisdom you have chosen to use men and women like us to bear witness about the light. Would you give us each the courage and the strength to do just that. Lord, we love you and praise in your name. Amen.